When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and thank you for listening to In That Number. I am your host, Ray Hunt. You can find me on Twitter at RayHunt84. My co-host, Kevin Milverton, at Moscow Mush. You can follow the show at Number Podcast. Subscribe, rate, review. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and if you would like to drop us a line, send us an email to InThatNumberPodcast at gmail.com. On with the show. This week we had two games to break down, as Wednesday saw us host Spurs, and Saturday our FA Cup campaign began at home to Huddersfield. Helping us dissect both, we have Mark Walker of Saints Marching. We have all the usual to look forward to, including our player and goal of the month for December. And a little later on, we have Jamie Thorpe and Chris Mosen from First for LCFC Podcast to preview our trip next Saturday to Leicester. But first, as ever, my co-host, safe and sound, back home in Moscow, the Moscow Mush, Kevin Milmerton. Kevin, Happy New Year to you. How's 2020 so far? Still in the party mood? Um, well, I've just been sleeping off the New Year celebrations these last few days. I was still on public holidays. The first eight days of the year are, are, are so... Jammy git. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, traditional... I mean, we came back uh, on the 30th, uh, went straight to the in-laws and started preparing for the New Year there. Traditional drunk, yeah. New Year's feast, of course. A lot of uh, sparkling wine was consumed. And, um, yeah, I mean, the thing is about New Year is it's always uh, a late finish because things only really kick off at, at 12 o'clock. So, yeah, I think my body clock's a bit fucked. Hmm. Uh, but uh, luckily, I think that's why they give so many days off, just so you can <laughs> get your get back into the rhythm of things. But yeah, I had a massive lie-in today, so I'm, I'm actually feeling quite good. Well, I was uh, working 7am New Year's Day, which meant I had to stop drinking at like 9 o'clock New Year's Eve. So yeah, hmm. not great. Not. Yeah, I know. So, but then again, I don't really do New Year, do I? I just want it over and done with, but still... I'm glad you enjoyed yourself, Kevin, and you are missed back here. Today. Yeah, but well, I can officially call myself the Moscow Mush again now, can't I? Yeah, you can, yeah. Right, uh, let's bring in our guest, Mark Walker. Mark, very warm welcome to you and Happy New Year. Hello, yes, thank you very much. Thanks, thanks for having me, and Happy New Year to you guys as well. Um, right, yeah, before we 
kick off with the news. Can you just uh, tell us about yourself and the work that you do for Saints Marching? Uh, yeah, so uh, I live live in a little village called Southampton, which is near Petersfield, uh, right. which is actually actually closer to Portsmouth than Southampton, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I basically with Saints Marching, uh, we we've got a little team of writers that cover everything Southampton, basically. Uh, so news. Uh, quite a lot of a lot of opinion from the guys as well. Um, it's uh, sort of run by me and me and a guy called Ryan who lives in the US because um, Fansided, who own That's our right. site, is a uh, US yeah US company. It sort of has a lot of different sites on a lot of different clubs. Um, but yeah, I, I think we provide sort of a, a range of stuff really um, uh, I, I got into writing because I went to uh, University of Derby um, and did football journalism actually um, so yeah uh, sort of trying to build up my portfolio really um, and yeah it's been really good so far yeah time. I mean I love reading all your articles it's really great if you haven't checked them out please do so um, it's a site that actually I visit quite Regularly, I think. I mean, I, I always enjoy reading your player ratings post-game because I think they're always pretty much yeah. spot on to what, what I think. Um, yeah. So, yeah, um, if you haven't haven't read any of it, please go and do that. Thank you very much. Yeah, uh, I think our ratings normally fair. <laughs> Might get a bit of stick now and again, but, I mean, it's game of opinions, really, isn't it? it Support is, the yeah. football club is. Subjective, yeah. Yeah. This is ITN, In That Number News. Okay, so we kick off with In That Number's official Goal and Player of the Month award for December. I'm looking forward to this one, Kev, because I don't actually know the, the, the results as usual. So, uh, And we had a lot of goals to choose from, didn't we? So yeah, should be a, should be a good one. So what do you want to start with, goal or player? Um, well, let's start with the goal. I mean, we managed to whittle down the ten goals from December to a short list of four. Those being Ings' goal against Newcastle. Ings is second against Villa, Oberfemi's against Chelsea, and Redmond's against Chelsea. Um, the first two didn't really get a look in with 1 and 3% respectively, but Redmond just edged it 52% to 44 over Oberfemi. So, yeah, Nathan Redmond, goal of the month. I think it's more of a, a team effort, that one. Yeah, that does surprise me. I mean, I thought the, the, the um, Redmond one was going to take it to the cleaners. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, thanks to the individual brilliance and just the, um, that that split second decision that sure. that he has to make. Um, but yeah, it was it was a very close one. And for player of the month, I mean, we might as well not have bothered with this one to be honest. <laughs> uh, but we, we put forward uh, Maka, Jack fucking Stevens, Danny Ings, and James Ward Prowse, and get how much Danny Ings won it by? I'm going to say seventy percent. 69%, yeah, because oh, he's wow. so sexy. <laughs> I, I am a little bit... Um, I, do you know what? I was torn between him and Stevens because of the Stevens turnaround. I thought he's played so well in December that he probably does deserve... I mean, any other month he would have taken it, but just Ings his goals. It's been invaluable. Just unstoppable. I mean, yeah, he just can't not score. He doesn't have um, 
that many opportunities these days. But yeah, when when he does, he just takes them. And yeah, we've got some. We've got one absolute beauty to talk about uh, in today's podcast. So yeah, maybe the January awards might be sent to him to save on postage. Um, Ings is also up for a Premier League Player of the Month. Uh, he's up against Trent Alexander-Arnold, Buendia, Calvert-Lewin, De Bruyne, Foster, Adam Traore and Jamie Vardy. So yeah, get your votes in for him while you can. And Michael Obafemi's goal has been nominated for Goal of the Month. Um, yeah, he's up against Jack Grealish, Rodri, Shakiri, uh, Kevin De Bruyne, um, yeah, Jorov Nayu. Uh, Aaron Moy and no, I think um, Samuel Min's goal against Burnley is just hands down winner to be honest but um, yeah get your votes in so he doesn't look so bad <laughs> um, but manager of the month as well three managers of the month okay if you had to pick three who would you be picking I would go Nigel Pearson definitely okay fair enough um, I don't know Solskjaer does he deserve to be mentioned really I mean okay and I would say um, like him or hate him Jurgen Klopp should be there just because Liverpool are just unstoppable. But yeah, Solskjaer, I think Hasenhut would deserve to shout in there, surely. Yeah, def- definitely Hasenhut, but that could just be us. But no, I think so. Yeah. But yeah, he hasn't been included. Yeah, Solskjaer's got, got the nut over him, so. Hmm. Yeah, but he sucks. Okay. Right, okay, so anyway, there's uh, lots of news creeping around about Shea being offloaded on loan. Uh, Forrest and Leeds said to be interested. But I read an article later in the week saying that this isn't the case. Ralph is using a two-attacker option at the moment, and with only the four to choose from, he feels the squad isn't quite big enough. And if we, well, dare I say, are to go on a cup run, then we need to utilise all our attacking options. I mean, Shea got 90 minutes yesterday, yep. and Long's contract's up in five months, as we know. Um, Shea's going to get judged on you know, goals scored simply because that was his role. That's what we bought him for and, you know, the goals that he scored last season. But I've not been too disappointed with his performances. Um, no, he's great against Chelsea. Yeah, I mean, he got the start against Palace. He got the start against Huddersfield, which we expected. He just needs that goal, confidence maybe. And then we can forge a partnership. But, um, Mark, uh, what are your feelings towards Jay, particularly with the news of him moving out in January? Yeah, I'd, I think I think that would be a bit unfair on him, really. Uh, I think perhaps he's going to be in a late, a late bloomer, as it were. Um, but um, yeah, I'd, as you say, his, his performances when he's come in have actually been all right. He's held the ball up really well at Chelsea. Yep. Uh, brought other other players into play, um, and sort of. I remember him winning a, a few free kicks when Chelsea were trying to push uh, to sort of get us up the field and stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I I don't know how he's going to do for the second half of the season, but I I can see him perhaps coming of age next season, perhaps when, as you say, Long looks like he he'd be on the on the way out, um, and Adams will perhaps get a a, a bigger squad role, <coughs> maybe. Yeah, so you're you're quite happy to keep him on still. I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean. Um, Perhaps, perhaps Obafemi has has produced a little bit more than him at the moment. But I think when he's come in alongside another striker, he's done really well. Yeah, I agree. Um, Kev, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I'd agree with that. I mean, he got an assist um, yesterday, didn't he, against Huddersfield? Yeah. 
last goal. Uh, he hit every part of the woodwork at the beginning of the season when he's playing did everything but score a goal. Well, even the pre-season he scored straight away, didn't he? Yeah, no, in pre-season he, he scored straight away in that um, final match I went to watch. And, yeah, every match before that, I think, in the first five minutes he'd scored. So, yeah, he's definitely got it. I think he just um, needs, you know, a decent chance and just to get his confidence and decision-making spot on. I and, yeah, Redmond... It was coming, to be honest, against Huddersfield yesterday. I thought, yeah, this is it, this is his chance. <laughs> yeah, I think it, we'll, see, we'll see what the draw holds tomorrow. But, um, yeah, I think he's going to get his chance. Yeah. And it's going to take it some time in the season. Um, Kevin, your favourite time of the year, transfer rumours. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah um, pure speculation, conjecture and hearsay. We so love it. If you have any, brilliant. If you don't, just make one up, because that's what everybody else does. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they, they are rumours. Uh, they're called that for a reason. Um, we'll start with the outs. I mean, the only real outs are Elianusi and Forster. I think um, if Celtic are going to make a move, it's either going to be you know, now or at the end of the season. So yeah, maybe we could um, get a good price from. Um, maybe we slapped a two, you know, high price tag on Forster, haven't we? Well, yeah. I mean, just because oh, it's his ridiculous wage bill. But I mean, that's even more of a reason to take a little bit of a hit on the on the fee. Absolutely, yeah. And um, yeah, Cedric has obviously made it clear that he wants to move out. And yeah, the Milan rumours are still flying around. But um, I've heard West Ham thrown to mix there. So maybe we could get him out in January. And at the same time, bring in um, a right back to cover for him. But yeah, I mean, any other outbound rumours that, you, that you've heard, Mark, at all? Not outbound as such, no. Um, yeah, I, uh, perhaps a couple of the youngsters will go out alone. I mean, yeah, I, I haven't heard much in terms of, or seen much. I mean, I, I don't have any in, inside information at all. But I haven't heard any, any really out, outgoing rumours, but a fair few incoming, perhaps. <laughs> okay, hit us with the incoming. One that they've been linked with before is, I'm probably going to butcher the name, but um, it's Joachim Ma- Miley. Oh, yes, I know. Right? Yeah, I yeah. know what you mean, yeah. Right back from Genk. Um, mm. So, yeah. We were linked with him at the beginning of the season, weren't we? That's right, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I remember. I remember being linked with him, um, like maybe a season ago, maybe as well. Yeah. Um, but that didn't come off. Um, but yeah, perhaps he'll be the direct replacement for Cedric someone. Um, yeah, and then they've been linked with a couple of central defenders. Um, so Tadebo from Barcelona, but mm-hmm. it looks like he's got quite a high price tag on his head. And uh, I think M- Malisu or something as well. I can't remember who he plays for. Like. <laughs> Real, Valladolid. He's a twenty-year-old guy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Real Valladolid. But yeah, yeah. 10, ten million. I think they want for him. So I mean, that seems a, a reasonable fee. Yeah. yeah. What about uh, the Kev? Have you heard any news on um, Aaron Long at all? No, that all, all seems to have gone a bit quiet. So. Um, I mean, the rumour's already out there, but we'll see how serious it is. But, yeah, I mean, other centre-backs, I've uh, got Mark Guehi, um, who plays for Chelsea and the England Under-21s. Uh, he's only 19 years old, so, um, yeah, we've been linked with a loan deal for him. Um, 24-year-old Bristol City, central midfielder Josh Brownhill. I mean, 
we're not short on midfielders, I don't think. I think that um, Ralph's come out and said that um, we're looking at filling two positions, and I think they're quite obviously going to be right back and um, centre back. But yeah, the, the name that's been, I mean, other ones we mentioned, that's been most mentioned is uh, Marin Pongracic. Okay. Uh, he's, he's quite a big um, right back, 20 years old, Croatian, Red Bull Salzburg. They've been um, burning the Bundesliga to shite. So, um, yeah, and obviously the Austrian connection, yeah, Red yeah. Bull connection, apparently. So, uh, yeah, that, that, that could be an interesting right back option. And uh, defender from Wolfsburg, Robin Knocher. Knocher. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be fun. <laughs> I think we have to think of a chant even if he doesn't come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So basically, uh, all transfer news it is defenders. So there must be some sort of substance to this. All the rumours that are coming out are full backs or centre backs. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not really a valid rumour if you're going to start, you know, pushing about that we're looking for wingers or. Uh, strikers. So. I don't know. I still, I still keep hearing Adam Lallana's coming back. Oh bullshit! Yeah. Or Nathaniel Klein. Yeah, I mean, he's apparently going to be making a move away from Liverpool. So yeah, yeah. But no, too many bridges have been burnt there. Um, um, although we we could do with a right back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, is that it for transfer news? Um, hardly call it news. Transfer news, okay. Um, I just want to say about the 100 goals of the decade that's on YouTube. Um, it's hosted by Kenzie Benali. It's like two and a half hours long, so it's a bit of a slog. Um, but they've released all 100 goals of the decade. Um, yeah, some good ones in there. Do you have any personal favourites at all that you can remember? Um, I think, yeah, the obvious standout one is uh, Bufals against West Brom. Uh, a couple of seasons ago, that, that was just unbelievable. Um, Daniel Spaldo is one shining moment, that, that wonder goal against City. Yeah. Um, Probably the best one I've seen in person is Kuko Screamer against Arsenal. I'll never shut up about that one. Um, And just for the moment as well, Shane Long's against Liverpool in the semi-final. Gabbardini's hat-trick. Not quite quite a hat-trick. It was a (laughs) (laughs) hat-trick. I like the the Pella overhead against QPR. Oh, and I like the Lambert goal against MK Dons, like kind of like half volley from the halfway line. Oh, just second half. Oh no, yeah, it was brilliant. Mm-hmm. I love that. Mark, have you got any favourites? I'd say my favourites is Martinez. I mean, no, no, trying, yeah. yeah, literally no one in the stadium expected that today. Really, no, I mean, like everybody's everybody's probably screaming, "Don't shoot!" <laughs> Pass it to someone else who can shoot. <laughs> same, <laughs> the same with the Valerie one as well against United last season. Yeah. Like, no, don't shoot. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, you can do that. Well, <laughs> well done. <laughs> yeah. I also, I, I'm, uh, Prowse's free kicks have got to be in there as well, especially the one against Spurs last mm. season. That was. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing. We've been pretty lucky for moments like that, really. Yeah. When you look back on it, it's not always easy to remember them, or when things are tough. But I mean, I, mean yeah. I, was, I was watching back a bit of it. I didn't watch the whole thing, but I saw like the top fifteen or top ten, whatever it was. And yeah. watching them back, seeing that Shane Longo against Liverpool, it's just like, oh my god, the commentary, the Should moment. Have been was, fine. Yeah, it was. It was like, oh, this is incredible. And mm. I think Matty was was talking about it, and he said that yeah, it almost made him cry. Mm. It's just it, it's good to see that again. It's it's great. 
fair. Any of the four goals we scored at Fratton Park in there? <laughs> well, not, not in the top ten, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they're in there somewhere. Well, just a little mention for um, Neil Shipley. Uh, he has been sentenced. Um, he's been given a 12-month community order, 20 days of rehab, uh, five years sex offenders register, so, and 120 hours of community service and £375 in fines. So, yeah. Okay, yeah, enough said on that one. Wanker. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, I'm Matt Petitier, and thank you for listening to In That Number. So, an impressive, festive period we've just had. You can go back as far as like the 3-1 away to Villa, 2-0 away to Chelsea, 1-1 at home to Palace, and then, of course, 1-0 Spurs. And we're in the fourth round hat for the sorry the uh, FA Cup draw. So, up to 11th at one point before United collapsed against Arsenal. It's like 10 points, almost flawless, really, wasn't it? Ings, red-hot form. I mean, even if you went back as far as that I'm going to keep harking back about the Leicester game, but as far back then, since then, you know, we've had three relegation rivals in Watford, Norwich, Villa. Uh, the two two top six sides, Spurs and Villa, uh, sorry, Spurs and Chelsea, take points against Arsenal and Palace. We had a little blip against Newcastle, probably deserved at least a point there. Um, so the only disappointment in that time, really, was West Ham and Everton. Um, but I, I, I like to think that we've, we've become hard to beat. Um, Mark, a word on the recent form and, and you know this amazing turnaround. Yeah, yeah, it's been been great, really, isn't it? I mean, I, it would be a lie to say that I saw it coming when we were losing badly every week. But I mean, that's football for you, really, isn't it? I mean, get things together and then you go on a run, the momentum builds, and then suddenly we're back back in mid table somehow. So it's amazing, yeah. And Kev, this goes back to your point when you said about managers of the month how Ralph hasn't been mentioned, because that turnaround, I mean, he's changed the formation, he's changed the defence stuff, hasn't he? He put Jack Stevens back in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stevens and Bednarek seem to click. Everywhere, I mean, the, the, the back line in the league hasn't really been changing, in, in, especially over this, this festive period. So, yeah, just an amazing turnaround. Yeah, and Danny Ings on just ridiculously good form. I mean, we haven't had a striker like this for fuck knows how long, since mm. Lambert, possibly. Too long, yeah. But yeah, it's um, couldn't have come at a better time, and it's like there's that feel-good factor about the club again. So it's lovely. Yeah, and St Mary's looks like a, a very nice place to be at the moment. Clean sheets, clean sheets. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's your uh, secret centre presence of just arrived. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Um, right. We'll, we'll go into the Tottenham game then. So of course, one nil on New Year's Day. Ings again. Who else? Um, I'll go through the starting uh, eleven. McCarthy, Cedric, Stevens, Bednarik, Bertrand. So that was unchanged back line again, crucially. Uh, Armstrong, James Ward-Prowse, Hoiberg and Gineppo. And then Redmond and Ings. So, I mean, the graphic showed a 4-4-2, but then it changed it to a 4-4-1-1, given you know, Redmond's that you know, little bit more of a free roll behind Ings. But were you guys happy with the, with the line-up formation? Yeah, I think so, yeah. I, that... That four four two slash four two 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 um, has yeah it's, it's worked well because it it gets the wingers sort of close inside to the strikers and the, the front players uh, front six they sort of they hunt really well as a pack don't they when yeah. they press um, 
I think Ings is really impressive in that because he seems to sort start the press off. Um, um, yeah, I mean, players just hitting form at the right time, really. Ings, Ings is on fire. I think War Prowse has got back to his levels from the second half of last season. Um, yeah, it's looking really good. And you, Kev, this, this line-up? I mean, yeah, I don't see any particular reason to change it if it ain't broke. Um, I mean, Especially the back line, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it does seem to be working. Um I mean, there's Jennifer and Armstrong in there for uh, Adams and Buffard, but I think, you know, there needs to be a bit of rotation in that midfield because there's a lot of fixtures in a short period of time. Um, I'm, it's just, I'm really amazed that Ings can uh, come out game after game and still give it his all, uh, considering his history with uh, injuries. But, yeah, fair, fair fucking play. And, yeah, Hassan Hootel's sticking with a team that, I mean, this is the same team. I mean, they haven't performed that well earlier on in the season but sticking with them and showing faith is definitely paying dividends in. yeah absolutely Kev yeah I couldn't agree more with that um, so Mark how did you see the, the, the Spurs game I, I thought we were really we were real value for our win really so I thought I'm glad you said that because a lot of people <laughs> said the Spurs didn't turn up and uh, yeah I think it was us that, that caused them that's that's always the case, though, isn't it? I mean, yeah. we never we never really get the, the the praise that we deserve, and then Mourinho tries to overshadow it by going and doing something like a <laughs> muppet, really. Yeah, that's why. Um, I mean. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, yeah, we're good value for our women, really. Yeah, they held on to the lead well. Um, maybe one or two saves for McCarthy, but yeah, I, I thought we we're really really good again. Yeah, and defended defended very well again as a unit. Yeah. Um, Kev, the goal. <laughs> I know you've been waiting to talk about this one. Fucking hell! I mean, <laughs> um, starting off with that ball that Jack fucking Stevens pops up. Yeah. Um, Ings. I mean, he kind of preempts the run um, there along the right wing. Um, just makes an absolute mug out of Toby Alderweireld chipping it over him on his knees. Um, yeah, yeah. Just, I mean, just it was amazing chipping it with his right over him, um, catching it off the bounce on, the, on his left, and just such a a beautiful finish. Well, it, uh, wasn't, it wasn't the cleanest of strikes, was it? I mean, it was his weaker foot, and he sort of got like hit it into the ground. But none it of was it. just cheeky. I mean, yeah. um, Gazzaniga obviously wasn't expecting him to put it there because he oh, just, just stands really, there yeah. and watches, watches it go past. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I've heard it compared to Gaz's goal against Scotland at Euro 96. I was just about to say that. I was chatting to a Spurs fan post-game and he, he said it was reminiscent of Gaz's Euro 96 goal against Scotland and I thought, yeah. yeah. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, I did enjoy that very much. But there was a part of me afterwards that froze because I thought, oh shit, was he offside? I thought, please don't take this glorious moment away. But, um, no, no, no. He times it absolutely beautifully. He does, but you never know these days, do you? That's nine out of nine as well. Incredible, yeah. Um, and something else I wanted to bring up on this one is that the, the VAR check on the handball. Um, oh, what, yeah. did you, what did you make of this one? On the, the second, in the second half. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought it was a handball. I mean, so I mean, what else? Could, what else could it be? Um, yeah, I mean, there's a hand, there's a ball in the box, penalty. It was. I mean, don't they say now that it's in like an unnatural position and stuff? But that clearly was. I mean, his hand was up, mm-hmm. and it hit his hand. I mean, I know in years past they've said if. The, if, if 
he's not intentional. He's just you know he's, he's come from close. And what else can you do? But his hands there. So I was yeah. surprised that they didn't even look at it, did they? Really, it was just like no, it's not going on. Um, um, there, there was a, a VR call earlier on in the first half um, for Brian Bertrand on on Teddy Alley. Oh, the dive. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that that got uh, very quickly um, put aside. But yeah, um, VAR is not one of them. Maybe not, maybe not, especially after yesterday. Um, and I mean, Mark touched on it about the Mourinho booking. Um, in fairness, <laughs> I mean, he did own up to it. But you know, goalkeeping coach was it Andrew Sparks? He was it. He said at the game, he said he was rude, but he was being rude to an idiot. Yeah, I, I think yellow credit is fair because I was rude, but I was rude to an idiot. He loves to deflect attention away from a poor performance by just doing something twatty like that. But um, yeah, he was obviously given uh, a late Christmas card by the referee there. (laughs) Brilliant. Um, But yeah, as Mark said, well worth the win, and I think so too. Um, Spurs just, they didn't have it, they couldn't do it, they couldn't break us down. No, we were very strong defensively. I yeah. felt like a lot more assured. I, you know, you go into, especially you scoring so early on, you're thinking, oh, same old Saints. But, um, but yeah, it's not so much Saints, is it? I mean, Jack Stevens is that, that general at the back, commanding the line that we've been asking for. That's unbelievable, isn't it? I would have thought that a month ago. Um, Mark, uh, as I said, like the back line's been great. It's been consistent. And I know that Cedric has copped a lot of flack lately for his performances, some of them, yeah. you know, some of them have been, you know, well deserved. But he actually played quite well, and I thought he played well, and this is probably his best performance in a while, probably since he said he was going to be off. Yeah, he's yeah, he's he's not been great for the majority of the season, has he? But yeah, in the last couple of games, he seems to have stepped it up a little and looked sort of capable of defending. Yeah, well, but, um, I, mean, it's, it's, I mean, he's in that in that side to, to do a job to defend and to put crosses into the box, and he hasn't been doing either at either end of the pitch. Perhaps, you know, motivation is clearly an issue for him, I would think, given that he said that he's off and his contract's up at the end of the season. But, yeah, I, I mean, if Ralph has got him to buy into that for a little bit longer than... Fair play, I guess. But surely he needs to be putting himself in the shop window and showing every you know, potential buyers the, what he can do. Yeah, um, perhaps. Yeah, I, I would think he would be going for free at the end of the season, perhaps. But yeah. even so, even so, he'd been wanting to, as you say, impress clubs that he would then want to go to. I guess. Um, but yeah. I, whether whether he would be an attractive option to a Premier League club, I, I don't know. But he has been linked to West Ham and stuff, hasn't he? So he has. Yeah. So Kev, yeah, amazing. One nil home win, clean sheet. As I said before, up to eleventh at one point. Mourinho wound up. That's always nice to see. His post-match <laughs> interview was was, was yeah, like you say, it was just classic Mourinho, wasn't it? Um, he, he he has about as much warmth as a service station chip. <laughs> Just, there's nothing there, is there? It's just, oh, but it's always nice to get one over on him. Um, Kevin, I want to talk to you about Gineppo, because when we went to the Palace game, we were on our way back, and you made you brought this point. I said, whenever Gine- whenever Gineppo starts, he doesn't seem to get involved enough. 
Mm. And, you know, when he's coming off the bench, he's everywhere. He, he's, you know, suited. To, is, he, is he suited to that bench role? It's I think so, yeah. That he runs at tired defenders. Because, again, this was another example of that. I wasn't saying he was bad against Spurs, but he just wasn't, you know, he just wasn't like, you know, when he come on against Palace. Yeah, I mean, it's two completely different performances, isn't it? I mean, Gineppo really changed the game uh, against Palace. It was looking like quite a still affair against Palace. Um, but do you think that's yeah. down to our tactics? Do you think it's like, if he starts, it's fine, he knows what he's doing, he's got his role, Ralph's told him his, what he needs to do. You know, when he comes off the bench, he's that new threat that everyone's like, right, get the ball to Gineppo. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe you can't. It's that you can't have one without the other. That um, when he's in the squad, he feels like he's proven his point and he's he's, he's there to kind of do a job. Whereas uh, if he's on the bench, mm. he's, he's got a lot more to prove and uh, a lot more energy. I don't know, but yeah, I mean, Hasan Hootel obviously didn't rate him that well in the, in the match because uh, I mean, he was booked and early in the second half and taken off pretty much straight after that for Shane Long who I think caused a lot, a lot more problems but it's funny yeah, yeah it's, it's a weird one isn't it, it doesn't seem to be pushing on week to week it's just really really inconsistent yeah I mean it's like, you could probably say the same for Buffal as well couldn't you yeah like we said then are they both just bench players hmm. I don't know but I mean what, pl- what players to have on the bench then yes yes to come on with about 20 minutes to go and to, you know, to run at you like that, it would be terrifying. Uh, mm. I'm gonna, we go man of the matches here. I'll start with with you, Mark. Who who would you give man of the match to in the Spurs game? I found it quite difficult actually. Um, I think it was a really good all round team performance, really. But um, yeah, I, I would have to say I'd have to say Ward Prowse turned into a sort of midfield general, didn't he? He was snapping yeah. into tackles. Uh, yeah, spreading the play, spreading the play, passing the ball a lot quicker than he has done in the past. Um, yeah, and it, uh, I know, I know, everybody talks about the set pieces, but I mean, when you when you were in the position that we were in, I, I think they they become even more important because they just they produce chances uh, regularly. Yeah. For, yeah. To score goals, basically. So, uh, yeah, it was him, really. Yeah, really good performance. And Kevin? I'd echo what Mark was saying about it being an all-round good team performance. I think it's difficult to single out a player as having a, a, a good or bad performance. Uh, I wasn't really disappointed by anyone in particular. I think everyone plays incredibly well. Armstrong, I think, deserves a shout for his usual sort of understated performance. You know, putting in little balls and and being in the right place at the right time. But uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Jack fucking Stevens. I'm just in love with the guy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that ball to Ings, that that was yeah almost as good as the goal itself. And managing to hold on to a clean sheet for seventy plus minutes. Yeah. I, th- I think he definitely deserves it. He's always been good on the ball, though. He's always good at spraying the ball, using it, but just the defensive, that was always the problem. But, I mean, he's getting blocks in, uh, yeah, yeah. and, yeah, come on the line as well. So, yeah, it's just a different player. Best signing of the season, I think. <laughs> um, well, I think Hoiberg was great. I, I mean, I, 
it was a pleasing one for me because I've criticised him recently, mm. but I know he's got these types of performances in him, like you know James Ward Prowse. But I'm going to go with you again, Kev. I'm going to say Jack Stevens as well because it just wow. to continue in his form. That assist as well, as you say, was brilliant. So I've got Stevens written down for me. So yeah, well done. Okay, right. We go into yesterday's FA Cup third round against Huddersfield. 2-0 win, consecutive home win, consecutive clean sheet as well. Um, I'll go through the 11. They're all changed 11, apart from James Ward-Prowse. So it was Gunn, Danso, Vestergaard, Yoshida and Vokins. Smallbone, Romeu, Ward-Prowse, Buffal, Adams and Long. So Gunn returns for the first time since that Leicester game. All change at the back. Danso was at right back. Vestergaard and Yoshida in the centre. And the first senior start for Jake Vokins. Uh, as we said, Will Smallbone in, and Prowse the only person to retain his place. Mark, uh, I'll start with you. Uh, what did you make of that? I mean, because we, we expected changes. Yeah, yeah. Um, Ralph had said that he's going to make changes, didn't he? So yeah. I think we all expected it, but perhaps not that many. Uh, I was ex- expecting maybe five or six with three fresh players to come on for players who'd played against Spurs perhaps but yeah. I mean ultimately it didn't didn't matter I suppose <laughs> No I mean I'm going to be honest with you when I saw that lineup, I thought that's it we're going to lose to me it just really? seemed like Ralph yeah I did I thought we're going to well it's either going to be a nil-nil draw or we're going to lose one because I thought yeah too many wholesale changes and that back line at the moment that's been so well to bring in someone like Yoshida and Vestergaard, who are low on confidence, Danso playing out of position yet again at right back, and you know, two debutants playing, I thought he's not taking this seriously, which is fine. I understand the league's got to be the priority, but I thought this is a banana skin. If ever there is going to be one, it's going to be this. Yeah, I think I think we were lucky in the fact that we drew Huddersfield. Really, I, I think yeah. there's a lot better championship teams that we could have drawn say like a, a Leeds that's a real banana skin um, uh, I think we were lucky that Huddersfield are sort of struggling down the bottom of the championship at the moment really So you Kevin what did you think about it? Yeah I think the team obviously reflects the opposition we're up against um, this is the Huddersfield team had just come off the back of being thrashed at home 5-2 by Stoke after leading 2-1 Stoke so, as well aren't they so. yeah I mean their morale's got to be pretty low and we saw last season um, what a poor team it was before they lost all of their best players um, still um, yeah we, I don't think we picked up any apart from we, we won that away win the previous season 3-1 didn't we and then we drew with them at home um, in the reverse leg uh, after Christmas and then I think, did we, uh, yeah, we drew the other one as well. So, yeah, they, they are a bit of a bogey team, I suppose, for us. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm looking at that lineup. I, I think it's, for all the changes, it's still a very strong team. You've got a lot of players who've been seeing first-team action long, Adams, Buffal, Romeu, Rousey. Um, yeah. Even Even Angus Gunn. Yeah, I mean... It just just shows kind of the depth we've got, I and mean, yeah, like you said, a couple of the debutants, and yeah, what debut they did yeah. make. Um, Teenage kicks so hard to beat. <laughs> um, but the bench was quite strong. I was quite happy with the between. Like, yeah. Well, apart from I mean, Harry Lewis on the bench, you've got Cedric Stevens, Ings, Armstrong, Oberfemi, and Slattery. 
Mm-hmm. But it was kind of like, okay, so we've got a team out that we feel can beat Huddersfield. If we are in trouble, you know we've got we've got Ings and Armstrong that can come on and you know help us out. Every position card. Yeah. Um, Mark, do you want to uh, start us off with this game? I think it looked, or yeah, I, sat, I listened to Radio Sonant for much of it. Um, so it seemed like a performance where. It didn't really click in the first half, but I think maybe the early goal in the second half helped us out a lot. Um, and ultimately, it, a win is a win, and it will be remembered as another landmark day for the academy, really, with two two young lads proving the match wins. So, um, yeah, a decent day, yeah. I guess. Decent win. Absolutely, yeah. Um, it wasn't exactly the most thrilling of first halves either, was it, Kevin? Um, no, I think it's exactly what you'd expect from um, the first half of a cup game against Huddersfield. Just, yeah, not particularly much imagination. We had one shot. Um, we did have the ball goal. in the net, though. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, Adams had the one shot on goal. That, that was an easy save, though, wasn't it? Um, and, yeah, yeah, that Shane Long goal, uh, that was great. Best of cards, um, putting the ball up. Adams, the little tap, small bone. Puts it off to Long, who's in just acres of space. Um, yeah, as it turns out, because he's slightly, ever so slightly, his nostrils were offside. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, well, but yeah, yeah, I think it's just sort of what Long would have needed, you know, that, that curling right-footed shot just around the keeper. It was a lovely finish. It was just so cruel, wasn't mm. it? I mean, I couldn't have, I couldn't have hoped for an, a better goal scorer than him. I just thought, yeah, in, uh, sorry, Long just needs a goal. So I was so pleased, and then it was like rolled off. I was like, oh, Christ's sake, it's just got nearly mm. written all over this. And then we had a bit of a scare just after that, um, just on the stroke of half-time, Chalabak making that run down the right oh, yeah. wing, mm-hmm. um, just plastering Vikings, and Danso and Bakuna uh, just hits it straight at Angus gun. Yes. Um, and Mark, like 90 seconds, as you say, 90 seconds into the second half, we did find the net, Will Smallbone... Um, cross from Dance though, Long did really well to head that ball back into the box and it was like yes. a really, really nice finish from, from, from Smallbone. Great technique. So yeah, well done lad. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I was impressed with that, that finish actually. And it, yeah, it, it was it, that was harder than it looked. Yeah, and a few few of the other moments that he showed in the game like that little mm. pass off to Long, even though Long was offside. And I think he had a he had a shot in the first half, didn't he? That went over the bar. Yeah. But oh yeah, that touch that that went through to Long. I forgot about that one. Yeah, that brilliant little touch. You just well, obviously Long yeah. was offside, but yeah. Right. Yeah, he looks looks like a player who has great technique on the ball, actually. Mm-hmm. So perhaps one, definitely one for the future. Hopefully, if he can get a few more games under his belt. Absolutely. Yeah, and then the Kev the Vikings goal. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Lots of space. He's got some pace, has not he? Yeah. Um, I think it comes from a Cedric Throwman, doesn't it? Um, yeah. And it's a lot of quick moves through um, Adams to Vikings along that left flank and just takes... Uh, yeah, just sees the goalkeeper just, just slightly off and uh, takes an <laughs> incredible shot from the edge of the area. Tiny deflection. and in. Yeah. Oh, was it... Yeah, come off the... Um, Danny Simpson, doesn't it? Yeah, who cares? But yeah, it was brilliant. Yeah, just really good. It's the confidence to take it on as well to run. Because I mean, I mean, a lot of people have just turned around, pass it back into the middle of the middle of the park, keep possession, 
No, yeah. not him. He just went for it. And, and yeah, well done. Again, he proved his point there. Yeah. yeah. Um, do you think there's a part of Shay that's thinking, shit, you know, even a left back on his debut as his first goal? <laughs> um, possibly, possibly. But, I mean, I think you can't overlook Adams' performance here. I think, uh, yeah, he held it together um, quite well. Yeah, okay. Um, so, yeah, it finished 2 0. Um, delighted with that one because I love the FA Cup it's, it's always been special for me and it always will be so it's so pleasing to put in a performance like this um, and you know and to give some time to the, to the younger lads and people that need, that need minutes uh, and we haven't picked mm-hmm. up any injuries so we should be fine to go again at Leicester so yeah couldn't, couldn't be happier Kev did you have a look at the stats on this game? Yeah um, okay because I haven't so we bossed possession 64-36, um, which yeah, I think def- definitely shows from, from performance. Seven shots to there for... Uh, we had three shots on target. Um, so, but, yeah, bearing in mind that we, we did score two, and uh, they had just that, just that one. Five corners to one. So, yeah, it was a pretty comprehensive victory. Comprehensive, comfortable win. Mm. Uh, Mark, man of the match for you. Yeah, I think from what I've seen, it has to be Smallbone, really, because coming in on your debut, uh, he looked, or coming in on his debut, he looked really quite confident on the ball. Um, Yeah, a lovely technique for the goal, really. So, yeah, it has to be him, really. Yeah, I'm going to go along with you on this one as well. I think it was a toss-up between Smallbone and Long for me. But Long was brilliant today, Um, just doesn't stop, always... You know, does what you need him to. Lovely finish for his non-goal. Um, yeah. But yeah, and, and uh, yeah, small bone. I'm going to get the small. Lo- lovely finish. Good on the ball, as you say. That assist as well. Um, you know, he's not going to get many chances to impress Ralph, but he certainly grabbed his chance. Grabbed his chance here. So yeah, first start, first goal. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's unanimous. I think Ralph obviously sees something in small bone because he was on the bench against Palace. And he's yes, definitely right. he definitely was, wasn't he? I forgot about that one. Mm. Mm. So, yeah, Willie for me as well. Willie Smallbone. OK, we're going to go with that yeah. one, are we? <laughs> <laughs> OK, um, before we let Mark go, we've got the usual three questions. Uh, I'll go first this time, Kevin, if you don't mind. Okay. Uh, Mark, would you rather be half the height of Cedric or twice the height of Vestergaard? <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh. That's two foot wow. ten or thirteen foot. Two foot wow. Ten or thirteen. Wow. Okay. Um, I'm quite short anyway, so I'll probably go. I'll go for the thirteen foot. I think. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be quite cool, wouldn't it? <laughs> I'd like. That. In some situations. Yeah. Not all. Not all situations, no. Um, yeah, that'd, be, that'd be interesting to say the least. <laughs> Okay, um, so would you rather wear a Pompey shirt every day for five years or sleep in a haunted house for ten? God. Right. I've probably got to say the haunted house, have I? Yeah. (laughs) Even if it's haunted by former Pompey players and you've got that fat little bell. (laughs) (laughs) Why not let you sleep at night? Um... Well, if you, if you put it like that, it might have to be the Pompey shirt. And yeah, get over the <laughs> yeah, yeah. I always say you go can, for it. You can put something else over the top of it. It doesn't have to be. Yeah. Right. Or you could turn it inside okay. out. Someone, someone Easy said, then. Yeah, turn it inside out. Easy then. Yeah. Right. Cool. Um, Kev, your usual question. 
Okay, and what, what is your favourite fan chant at St Mary's? So yeah, re- recently where well, we've had the we've had the best of VAR really haven't we in this season. We haven't had too many yeah, apart I know from where you're the, going with it. Yeah. <laughs> um, we haven't had too many that have gone against us apart from the weekend, so yeah, it's gotta be VAR is one of our own. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like we were singing that at Palace, weren't we, Kev? So yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay, I think that's about it, Mark. Okay, thanks very much for having me. Right, thank you for coming on. It's been—I've been wanting to get you on for a while, actually. So we're we're, we're both fans. So yeah, it's been uh, it's been good. Right? Only two fans in in the world. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Thank thank you very much uh, for for coming on and um, yeah, bringing in your your uh, expert knowledge. Yeah. I wouldn't put it quite that way, but yeah, <laughs> I, I hope I've, I hope I've compared to us anyway. <laughs> I yeah. hope I've provided a little bit. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Thanks very much, Mark. All right. Cool. Cheers. Cool. Cheers. Thanks, Dave. Bye. Not the same. Not Joining us to break down our probable loss to Leicester City <laughs> next week. We have the lads from First for LCFC podcast, Jamie Thorpe. Hello, Jamie. Hello. Warm welcome. Um, Happy New Year to you. Thank you very much. And to you too. Oraz Chris Mosson. Witam, witamy w podcaście. Jak się masz? O, bardzo dobrze, bardzo dobrze. Nie wiedziałem, że będę po polsku rozmawiał, ale witam. Hello there. Welcome. It's good to be here. Amazing. Thanks, guys. Um, right, firstly, how are you both? Yeah, feeling pretty, uh, feeling pretty positive. It's a um, pretty good time to be be a left fan at the moment. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, you can't can't complain. To be fair, I think it's uh, still slightly surreal. I mean, even after winning the uh, the title a few years ago, it's uh, yeah, it's one of those you pinch yourself second in the table. Can't complain. Yeah, I mean, as a neutral, I mean, I love watching Leicester play, mainly because I just hate Liverpool. So <laughs> it's just it's always nice to to see clubs like that come up, and especially when you win the league. I mean. I, Every neutral yeah. talks about that. It's just so, so good. Fairy tale, isn't it? Amazing, yeah. I mean, yeah, um, something that we like to bring up every now and then as well, so any excuse to talk about it, always uh, always ready. <laughs> I mean, hey, we, we still talk about our FA Cup win in 1976, so... <laughs> <laughs> bringing it up. <laughs> um, but yeah, before we hit you with all these questions, can you tell us about yourselves and about your pod? In English, please. <laughs> okay, I'll take the reins on this one, Jamie. Uh, yeah, I mean, in terms of the podcast, we've only been doing it, I think, I just said off air since about March or April time. Yeah, it would have been the end of last season. But otherwise, I think in terms of first for LCFC as a you know as a fan site sort of thing, um, I think we've been going for must be touching on ten years, I think. So, oh wow, yeah, I mean, we do talk. I think I think it's fair to say we are sort of the original, like the original unofficial Leicester sort of fan page on Twitter, so yeah, it's something to, to cling on to there, really. So yeah, you guys have made the, the, the solemn promise not to mention that dark night in, in late October. Don't mention so, the war. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we have a few questions for you to help us prepare for, as I said before, our probable loss next Saturday. Um, but yeah, what's the general mood like around, around the club this season? Uh, it's really it's really positive, as, you, as you'd expect. I think a lot of uh, Leicester fans are trying not to get carried away when we started winning games at the start of the season. Um, 
thought it was just one of those runs that you know might eventually come to an end. You don't want to sort of uh, it's the hope that gets you, as it were. Uh, but I think the sort of style of football that we've been playing has been really complementary to the results as well. It's it, it, they play some really attractive football at times, um, so the mood is always going to be pretty good. And I think there's no real expectation in terms of like the, the title race as it as it was sort of earlier in the year. That's I know we know that's gone now, but there was no real expectation. I think we were just sort of enjoying the ride as, as it went along. Um, you know, it's we've got a really good opportunity this season to get ourselves sort of established in Europe and change our high position in the footballing hierarchy. So um, it's very, very positive, and there's a lot of enthusiasm about the club at the minute. And how much of that good performance would you put down to Brendan Rodgers himself? Um, I think it's it's a stark contrast because obviously, our, obviously the previous manager was Claude Puel, who obviously you guys know. You know, all, all too well. Um, and I think it just feels like we were sort of stuck in this sort of cave of footballing, like just darkness, really. And Brendan Rodgers sort of is starting to play the way that I think, you know, most football fans want to play in like an open, expansive game, sort of a modern game, whereas Puel was sort of, you know, it was slow, it was pos- uh, possession based, but it just, <laughs> yeah, we just know wasn't, about that. <laughs> just wasn't fun to watch. So, yeah, yeah for me, it's. You know, it's almost certainly all like fully down to Rogers because the players haven't changed. The playing staff is pretty much the same. It's you know he's got he's got different performances out of players like Vardy, Madison. You know, so for me, it's it's mainly down to Rogers and and his coaching staff definitely. Do you know, as a neutral at the start of the season, we always do our little you know predictions where people are going to finish in the league, and a lot of people had Leicester to finish quite high, and I think you did, Kevin, and I didn't because I remember what they were like. Last year, I mean, the, the year after they won the league, they weren't brilliant, um, and, and I couldn't figure out why people were were thinking they were going to be so high up. But yeah, so I think Brendan Rodgers needs massive credit for what he's done this season. Yeah, I know you're a massive fan of his. <laughs> no, it's, it's Liverpool that I don't like. Okay. <laughs> but uh, I think yeah, I think he's done wonders at Leicester, and actually, I don't know what happens as soon as they leave Liverpool, I suddenly become a fan. <laughs> problem is now is that a lot of people wanting to go to Liverpool not leave them so uh, I think we might be stuck with this whole Liverpool thing for quite a while yet <laughs> um, actually I haven't actually spoken to a Leicester fan since we started this podcast I know it's going back a bit but how did you guys feel when Ranieri left? Um, we, I think the general mood around the club was one of like a lot of sadness because no one wanted to see him go um, you know he's a, a, an absolute legend forever at the club for what he achieved but I think there was a lot of fans as well that appreciated that he probably had to because there was a very very real chance that we were going down the performances were were just absolutely abject there was no plan B to it Um, the mood around the club was just phenomenally different to what it had been in the six months previous to it so and I mean, the decision was vindicated, wasn't it? Because obviously Shakespeare came in and, and dragged us out of it and into a sort of a respectful mid-table position along with a Champions League quarter-final. So it was it was one of those where, whilst it was very regrettable, and I know to the outside looking in, it looked like a terrible a terrible thing to do, and I know a lot of football fans still criticise us for it. Um, but in my mind, it was absolutely the right decision, as sad as it was. Yeah, I think just to, to back Jamie up, I think it was almost, for me, like a sense of relief sort of thing, because it's sort of just like watching someone who who took you right to the top, but then they're sort of slowly sort of in demise, really, and, you know, our performances, just, it was, the players weren't really playing for them anymore, and it was just sad to see, because obviously, as, as Leicester fans, 
we didn't wish bad upon him. We just wanted to remember the good times. But you know, as soon as that started slipping, it was almost like, yeah, it's, maybe it's time for you to go. And um, you know, we want to remember the good times, not not these sort of tarnished memories, really. Yeah, it's just a sad way to end, really, wasn't it? Any standout performers this season for you, apart from the obvious? Well, the the obvious ones being Vardy and Madison, probably. Um, yeah. I know Soyuncu is getting a lot of plaudits, and they are extremely well deserved. I mean, Maguire leaving would have, in theory, left a massive hole at the back, considering Soyuncu hadn't really played for the club um, heading into the season, but he has been phenomenal. Um, he's really, really stepped up in. Is I think if Maguire came back now, he wouldn't be he wouldn't be starting at Leicester. Um, which just shows just how well Soyuncu has done. I mean, we all said that Evans was our best defender last year, and I stand, and I stand by that anyway. Um, but Soyuncu, and in particular as well for me, Ricardo Pereira, have really sort of gone under the radar a little bit there in terms of going forward and defending Pereira is excellent. Um, and there aren't that many top-class right-backs out at the moment, which worries me greatly heading into the January window. Oh, God, yeah. We need full-backs. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a lot of clubs out there that would that would kill for a, um, a proper right back that can do can do he's it. Been, he's been linked with Barcelona, hasn't he? I think again, it's one of those surreal moments. Like you know, we're Leicester City, and you know, to think we might end up well, hopefully not, but you know, being linked with a move to Barcelona—that's you know unheard of. You know, five ten years ago. So, but yeah, hopefully he stays. Um, conversely, are there any players that you're disappointed with so far this season? I'll take over it, Jamie. I know who you're going to say, and I'm not going to enjoy it. <laughs> okay, I'm going to say Harvey Barnes. Um, and it might be critical, it might be harsh. Uh, he's, he's obviously fresh on the scene. He obviously tore up the championship for, what, half the last season. But I just do think he's struggled. I think it does show the golfing class between the championship and the, um, the Premier League. Um, and we've given him enough game time. For me, I'm not sure whether it's he doesn't know his position or he lacks confidence, or the quality's just not there. Again, he played um, yesterday in the FA Cup, and for me, like just watching him, his movement, he just, I don't know, something's not right. And for the amount of chances he, he has and the amount of time he has on the ball, is, is, you know, his conversion's not all that good. I know Jamie's going to be telling me that he, he's racked up a few assists, but he, he, should, he should have more, if anything, and he should definitely be adding goals to his game. I just think that... Our two wide men, I think we are sort of carrying them in terms of uh, our 11 players. This sounds remarkably like our situation with Shay Adams, doesn't it, Kev? A player that excelled in the, champ- in the championship last season, bring him up for a big big fee for us. Hasn't found the net yet, but mm. has bagged a couple of assists. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's an argument that we have um, quite often on our own podcast, which I'm sure anyone listening to has just picked up on. Um, it's, I mean, I, I do agree with Chris in that he has he has sort of flattered to deceive at times. Um, I do still back his potential, but to be a starter in the Premier League in a club in our position, you've really got to be adding some end product in, and he's not done it consistently enough um, for us yet. I mean, just yeah, just to summarise, I mean, what I meant about it does feel like we are carrying him because if you think about it, like looking at games like, aren't they, Liverpool or Man City, say we did have that bit of quality on either wing, I just feel like, you know, that's an extra five, ten points in the season that ultimately when you're in a title race or pushing for top four, it can be vital and I just... Yeah, it might be critical of him that he's been sort of thrown into the deep end because ultimately we don't have any alternatives or at least better alternatives. We've got like Mark Albright who 
you know, he's coming to the, towards the end of his career and um, mm. Harvey Barnes is only starting his, but that's not to say that we should just give him forever. I think, I, I don't doubt that, in fact, Rogers will be looking at uh, replacements out wide and I won't be surprised if we don't get one in, in January. So, so Jamie, who, who will you take for the uh, underachiever? Um, I think, but I think it's it's really hard. It, we're in a very nice position where we haven't really had that many players that have done poorly. Um, so, I <laughs> oh, mean, what a position to be it in! It is. It really is. There are definitely worse problems to have. Um, but Barnes and, and Perez, I think, as the wide men, they're they're under a lot of pressure to be sort of supplementing Vardy um, with goals and assists. Perez has, has done it in fits and starts. And Barnes Just against us, yeah. So yeah, that's pretty, yeah, pretty much. He saves it for one or two games a year. Um, but I, I don't know. I, st- I still think that both of those players can come good. So I'm not. I'm, try- I'm not. Not going to be too critical of them just yet. Um, so yeah, I mean, what what were your goals for the start of the season? Where did you see yourselves finishing? And um, yeah, have you altered them at all since then? I think um, all three of us on the podcast had sort of relatively differing differing um, opinions on this I remember well I'll myself before the season started I answered some questions I can't remember who for and I did put us in the top four and I think it was just you know backing up like how we ended last season with Rogers. I just there was just a good good mood around the camp and I just felt like with all the changes say at Chelsea with their transfer ban at the time um, with Spurs they just felt like a club in transition Man United nowhere near where they used to be Arsenal, you know, I don't even need to start on them. It just felt like there was plenty of opportunity to um, for for a team to break into the top four, and make, it, it obviously was said with blue tinted glasses on. But you know, right now I can't really uh, you know quip at my prediction because it, it you know it is coming in. But um, yeah, I did, I did feel optimistic. But I, let's face it, I don't think I was expecting second at Christmas. No, no, which I think is it's a fair prediction. I I, I just sort of stick till seventh. Um, and I felt quite confident that we would at the very least challenge to be in one of those European spaces because exactly the same reasons we finished last season so strongly um, the change was almost overnight as well so the confidence I had in Rodgers was really high um, I, I do think that we will finish probably fourth or fifth um, and, wow. but I would take I think if we finish in the top four then I'll take that as a I'm happy that's a successful season really successful season um, okay, so what about like strengths and weaknesses that maybe we could exploit? I mean, I, I watched the I watched the FA Cup game. I saw the highlights yesterday. I saw Wigan sigh through your back four with ease yesterday, only for uh, to be saved by VAR. So I thought maybe we could do that, Kev. We could have a go that way. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, possibly. I mean, I think that <laughs> we made 11 change, 10, 11 changes yesterday. Um, so I don't think many of those guys will be playing. But um, no, you were right. They did cut, cut through the midfield pretty well. Um, I think that changed when indeed he came on um, and Soyuncu came on it did seem to tighten things up a little bit um, I'd say our, probably one of our biggest weaknesses is that we can get a bit frustrated playing against a team that has a deep block um, especially if they sort of pin our wide men and keep them out of the game because they sort of link the, the pitch together for us uh, so I think that can get us a bit frustrated but Good, obviously one of the main strengths is having a player like Vardy who can sort of do it all he can play it short he can give you that option to play it over the top as well so it, it's a it's a bit of a risky strategy trying to play on the counter but I think that is probably the way to go against us and um, is, is Vardy going to be playing? Uh, he's supposed to be back fit for Wednesday's semi-final so we're, we're hopeful that he'll be playing 
Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, aside from that, I mean, what sort of lineup can we expect? I think um, typically throughout the season, especially if you just look historically at how we've lined up at home, I think, you know, in terms of the formation, it's, it's pretty much nailed on where we've got the, the you know, got four at the back with two wing backs. Indeed, he'd probably sit in just in front of them. And then, you know, another, well, he could call it another four in front of that. And then Vardy playing as a lone striker. Influential players you're probably going to look out for is, um, well, Tielemans and Madison. Ultimately, everything that goes through them is, it, well, it, it's a chance created. It, it depends. You know, if I, was lo- if I was a Saints fan looking at it, you'd want to be just closing off the flow rather than, you know, concentrating on Vardy. You'd want to be sitting on Tielemans and Madison and just stopping, preventing any balls coming through them because the quality they possess, again, as Leicester fans, we've not seen this for probably like 20 years, like when we had players like Muzzy, is it Steve Guppy, where they had a bit of, mm. bit of quality to them. But, you know, it was me as um, the last 20 years, we've sort of been mid-table mediocrity, obviously slipped down to League One. So to be blessed with players like that, who are still young, early 20s, like, yeah, I think they're a big threat in every game, whether it be against the top four or a, or a, a relegation candidate, that they create chances. Is there anyone from Saints that you're worried about? Uh, now we sorry Chris because we, we spoke about this on our podcast before when we were looking at players that we would sort of like to sign and we were players which I I said at the time was James Ward Prowse because I've always I've always rated him if only for his sort of set piece delivery but I think since Aston Hootel changed your shape and, and sort of taken him into like a box to box midfielder I think he's been excellent mm-hmm. um, and he's and having that sort of prowess at being able to find sort of find a splitting pass and getting him on the ball more often, I think he's a player which would which would worry me, and I'm I'm glad to see him doing a lot better because it really backed me up because I think Chris you did disagree with me a little bit at the time. <laughs> um, he's he's definitely a player which I keep an eye on. I mean I, I well I do disagree with you in terms of as, as an outfield player I, I I wouldn't be highlighting him, but in terms of dead ball situations if there's anything within 30 35 yards, yeah I am I am alerted. But uh, my choice would have to be Danny Ings. I mean, where his forms come from, he's like a player inspired at the moment. Um, yeah, I thought his season, I thought his career was sort of you know dwindling. But I don't know what it is, what's happened. But he's on fire. He's been well. He's, people are saying he should be starting to get considered for England. You know, for me that's you know, a bit extreme. But it, like you can't argue against it. He's fine in the back of the net and. Like you said, if if our back four is to be a bit leaky, like Pookie exposed us last time, um, well, not last time we played at home, but when we played Norwich. So, yeah, I think Ings is going to be uh, thriving and he's inevitably a massive danger. Okay, yeah, that, that kind of answers our next question as to which Saints player you'd pick in your, in, to go into your current team. Um, are you actually looking for anyone in January? Uh, we'll be definitely looking to sign a centre-half. Um, I think, especially we picked up two injuries in that position Look on. last night. So I'd have thought that that'd be somewhere where Rogers would be looking to try and strengthen. In terms of our midfield, we're really well stopped, and with the likes mm. of Pratt and Chowdhury on the bench. So um, yeah, central cent- central defence. But I think like, Ings would be a player which would be in the form that he's in at the moment. If he can sustain that, it'd obviously be it'd be brilliant to have that in the squad. Like Vardy's not going to be able to play every game. Uh, looking forward is and. I mean, Ian Acho has been resurgent this season, but it can never hurt, it can never hurt to be well-stocked in attacking positions either. Right, yeah. Can we get a score prediction from you guys? Chris, you lead with the optimistic one. 
No, actually, Jamie, you go first because I always feel like I'll steal your prediction. So you go first this time. Oh, go on then. Um, okay, I, I mean, it's really hard not to be re- not to be optimistic and back Leicester at the moment with with the form that we've been in. So I think it'll be a two-one Leicester win. I was going to say two on this is why it's always hey! <laughs> but I will for the sake of being different. Um, I do think Southampton will score, and it probably I do think it'll be Ings to be fair. Um, I do, but I think we'll win. So I'm going to say three one. I do think um, Vardy's going to be right. I think he'll start against Villa in the week, but I think he'll be well enough rested, and I think he'll be wanting to get that golden boot. Couple from Vardy, three one. Um, yeah, happy days. Not hard. Not hard. Uh, no, <laughs> no he's, not, he's not in my thoughts, Jamie. <laughs> Kev, do you want to go first with yours, or do you want me to? Yeah, you go first, mate. Okay, well, I mean, our away record is better than our home one. Um, and I feel, I don't know, I feel more comfortable when we have teams that can attack us, because we can, we can press them, we can sit back when we need to, and as you say, Ings at the moment can sniff out mistakes in a heartbeat. It's such, such good form. Um, I like to believe that we've become hard to beat over this, you know, ever since we've lost to you uh, at home. So I'm going to say 9-0 Saints. You <laughs> bastard. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, in spite of all that, I think Le- Leicester are leagues above us at the moment. Um, they, don't, they don't have a weakness. I don't think there's a weakness in that 11 for me. But, like, I think we'll score. It'll probably be a penalty. But uh, Leicester will score more, so I'm going to go 3-1 as well, Chris. Fair play, I mean. It always worries me when... Uh, Everyone's so optimistic. It's it's almost got a defeat written all over it now. But hopefully not. I do. Hopefully not. Kevin. Uh, yeah, I was going to say nine nil. You beat me to um. <laughs> ten nil then. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I've, we have picked up a bit of consistency. I don't know how long it can last. Um, but I think yeah, I'm going to go two one. Thanks. Two, yeah, two one Saints. Got it. Let's do it. <laughs> no, you're not. Yeah. Are you seriously going two one Saints? Yeah, why not? <laughs> I've never been on a podcast where even that you are Saints. You need to be more uh, more positive. No. So I appreciate that from Kev. <laughs> <laughs> nice one, Kev. You're, you're going to lose in the uh, prediction league. With yeah, that. quite possibly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've got a bit of a head start, so I'm fine. All right. <laughs> um, guys, who do you hate more, Derby or Forest? <laughs> this is a weird one. I was speaking to uh, the third member of First Row CSP, Ed, yesterday, and I, just, I, well, I think we're a bit unfortunate. I don't even regard as having. I don't even count them as rivals. Like they just they like hate each other. Uh, mm-hmm. Probably Derby though. I don't, don't really like Derby as a place. That's more personal. Uh, I think I've just, I had a really bad experience at City Ground once, where back when we had Chris Wheel in goal, he chucked the ball pretty much into the net for them to win 1-0, and there was just, I think that's just tainted them um, forever in my mind. So, but, but like Chris said, I don't think we really have a proper proper rival, especially not to the extent that you guys do. Um, you probably like, you'd probably find that Coventry have got a bit more animosity amongst Leicester. Yeah, I think geographically we are, we're probably we're closer to Coventry than we are, not near more Derby, so yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, well, so then, would you rather wear a Coventry shirt every day for five years or sleep in a haunted house for ten? <laughs> Uh, I'd, I'd go for a nice little vintage Coventry number from the late 90s they, they seem to have a good team Huckabee on the back yeah that, that's it just say you're a, yeah I'm a, I'm a fan of supporting those nice clubs 
It's like having a quirky shirt on, isn't it? Like from South <laughs> yeah. America, no one ever sees it. And they need all the fans they can get. So, yeah, we'll go with this one. <laughs> okay. That's the easiest version of that question yet, I think. Yeah, um, I think so, yeah. Okay, would you rather be twice the height of Peter Crouch or half the height of Lionel Messi? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, you'd be famous either way, wouldn't you, I think? <laughs> yeah. Twice what is it? Two, two, two foot or thirteen foot? I am. I am very. I am very sort of challenged in the height department. I think it's probably fair to say. So I, I just just to be a bit different. I think I will take double the height, Peter Crouch. I'd like to see what it looks like from there. To be honest. <laughs> yeah. No. I, I was thinking. I'd go. I'll go small. I'd be a bit sneaky. I think and just uh, be well. Yeah, a small person. Okay. I'd like to see the video podcast of that. Yeah. <laughs> a very wide lens would be required. <laughs> Get the whole of the stadium in. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we do love a good fan chant on this podcast. Um, what are your favourite Leicester chants? <laughs> Go on, Jamie. You're, you're the season ticket holder, so take it away. Oh, God. We have some really bad ones that... We I'm do, actually. I was, I, the first, first home game this season was for me yesterday, and uh, it was a bit... We do that that chant like I think everyone says we do it ironically when the goalie takes the kick and yeah. it's just like oh your yeah. shit. Ah. But I'm fairly certain that most fans do that just because they quite like it. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I like the one about Vardy turning down Arsenal. I think that's just that's just great. Um, and any 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 excuse to sort of rub that in Arsenal fans' faces, I'll, I'll take. Give the rendition. Yeah, you I, sing it. I absolutely <laughs> am not. This is ah. Not the X Factor. I am not embarrassing <laughs> myself like that. Chris will do it. He was there last night. He's probably, no, still, no, probably no. still on the bit. Far away from the uh, Union FS boys. No, oh, right. Yeah. Well, let's not mention that. <laughs> <laughs> um, Kev, I think that is about it, isn't it? Unless you have anything else. Well, there's a little Russian phrase we do, a Russian phrase at the end of every every podcast. So we build up a bit of a phrase book. Okay. Yeah, Lisitsky at Stoy. Lisitsky at Stoy. Are you going to tell us what we've just said? That means uh, the foxes suck. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's such a (laughs) good Oh, mate. I'm just going to remember to do the 9-0 in Russian. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. And that was me innocently walking into that one. Yeah. Uh, Could have seen that coming, I think. Divis Noy would be 9 0. But we can take that. I'm going to struggle with pronouncing anything, so I think you're all good. Um, Yeah, okay, so thanks, guys, for coming on. (laughs) No, thanks very much for having us. That was, um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Oh, actually, before we let you go, um, do you guys do fantasy football? Yes. Cool. Um, I obviously have my full quota of Leicester players. But I, I just want to know if I've made the right decision. So I've got Schmeichel, Chilwell, and Vardy. I, I mean, I need some help because I'm slipping faster than Bournemouth at the moment. I want Chilwell at prices, but you'd be looking at Ricardo if you want a fullback. I, I don't necessarily need a fullback. I just need I just I just need three Leicester players in there. So I have Pereira, Vardy, or Evans. They're they're quite cheap. Um, I've got I've got Sonchi, I've got Madison and Vardy as well. 
Mm. I don't know, because Chilwell comes up quite a bit, doesn't he? I mean, or was that just the, in, the, in the Saints game that he scored, didn't he? So, I know, he, he'll be up there. It's just, I don't know, like, I think I think it is another quality thing. Like, his delivery isn't quite as... He'll be creating just as many chances as Ricardo, but, um, yeah, Ricardo's just that class above at the moment. Right, yeah. OK. He's, he's yeah. the one who, I, who I'd back to get you the points out of the two. I mean, yeah. I've had Schmeichel all season. I, I, I usually go for Schmeichel, actually. Well, it's, we're quite, it's quite nice, actually. I think that the stat came up that every player at like, our outfield sort of starting 11 has scored now. So we're just, we're just waiting oh, on wow. a of goals. So keep him in there, you never know. <laughs> 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 he has scored for Leicester as well, so he might, well, it should have been his goal. But yeah, so you never know. If we're, if we're 2-1 down in the 90th minute, you might get your hope. You might get, your, get what you were after. <laughs> yeah. Keep him in. Brilliant. Right, yeah, thanks, guys. Um, happy New Year once again. Yes. And I gen- generally mean this. Um, all the best for the rest of the season, and you deserve all the success, really. So yeah. let's hope you can win some silverware soon. Yeah, yeah fingers crossed. And um, yeah, best of luck to you guys the rest yeah, of the season. Good luck. Apart from um, obviously the game against us. But um, after that, yeah, best of luck with the rest of the season. Cheers. Thanks very much. Cheers, guys. Lads. Up the Saints. Up the Saints. <laughs> <laughs> and we're back with the extra time segment. We'll kick off with predictions. So we both went for a Spurs win. Um, I went 2 1 and you went 2 0. So the scores just stayed the same, 38-30 to you. And then Huddersfield, I went 2-0, woohoo, and you went 1-0. Mm-hmm. So max for me, uh, and two for you. So that makes the scores 40-35 to you. So only five in it now. Closing in, mate. Yeah. Yeah, slowly, slowly. Um, and Super 6, we had two rounds since the last time we recorded, so round 32 was a four-way tie for the week. It was Tony Randall, Adrian Roche, Russ Sayers, and Stuart White with nine, which left the overall leader, Adam Darlington, on 268. And then came yesterday's round 33, which was won by Luke Kitterman with 13 points. So overall, we have a tie. Adam Darlington and Tom Hennigan are on 277. I'm up to ninth in our league now, so I'm getting closer on all fronts, just apart from the obvious fantasy football. Oh, yes. Um, yeah, quick look at our Southampton FC podcasters league. Uh, shows, uh, yeah, no real changes from week to week. Although I had quite a good week, despite having Jack Stevens. I don't know how he ended up on the bench. But, um, yes, I've got... A lot of points on the bench again, but yeah, 72 points for me for this week. Mane captain. Yeah, that's really good. Ings, Greedish. Um, yeah, they all, they all came through. And um, Burnt Leno, of course. Um, yeah, nine points for your 50 shades of Che, 37 points for the week. Um, yeah, well, what's been happening? Um, well, Vardy has been out, hasn't he? Yeah, um, same for me as well. Yeah, I'm just not as as good at it as you are, I suppose. Um, uh, my bench wasn't too bad. I mean, I got Rashford scored. They're it, 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 all scoring two. I mean, Bertrand was... Uh, oh, no, Van Dyke was my high, high scorer was seven. Chilwell grabbed me six. Bertrand grabbed me six. Michael six. And the rest of it was just two, one, two, one, two, which is usually the story. That's the same scoreline normally, isn't it? But um, just <laughs> sticking with um, Shea Adams, despite him not... I have to, because he's my team name. Well, we said you don't have to, and you don't have to have three players. You can. Oh, we, we're changing that now, then, are we? We agreed on this before, didn't we? No, we agreed that we'd have to we have to have three Saints players, but not all playing. Because I, I said that the, 
the original thing at the start of the season was you had to have three Saints players at, at, in, in your starting eleven, And then we decided that was really ridiculous, so we said three players in your team. You don't no. necessarily have to have them playing. So I'm guessing you've not been doing that then. I've been flouting it. Yeah, I've only got Ings and Stevens at the moment. Oh. Well, see, I've been, I, I feel like I can't get rid of Adams. Hmm. But maybe, okay, maybe I would just do what I want then. Yeah, I'd say keep, like, one or two. Maybe a former player. All right, okay. Um, but but just the Liverpool squad then. Basically, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm closing down on um, John Bailey. I'm not sure what's, what's happening with him. Maybe he's um, been neglecting right. his squad a little bit. Well, he did say on the podcast that he will, like, slow it down for us. So, right. there you go. No, thanks, John. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, in our In That Number podcast league, in Ralph Reed Trust, Steve McCulloch's still top with 1,273 points. Um, Lucy Heiner is keeping the chase. She also got 63 points for the week. Um, Olympic Mayonnaise, oh, they're, they're starting to close in. Rob Moody, 87 points for the week. Wow. Yeah. That's my 37 a shame, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it does. I mean, he seems to have gone with the similar lineup to me. Um, Mane, Grealish, Ings, Mane's captain. Uh, oh, Madison, Cantwell, Robertson, they all, they all scored at least 10 points. So yeah, that's a beast of a squad. Yeah, mm. you're looking at Leicester's players, then so maybe Madison might be a good shout. I had Madison. I had him all last season, if you remember. So I said, oh, when he signed from Norwich, I was like, this player's a real player. He's going to be massive. He's going. And everyone was like, really? And now look at him. I took him out, and of course he's he's doing it. And um, yeah, shout out to Tim Marshall charging up the league. He's uh, in the top ten at ninth place with 1,166. His team rhythm is a dance Oh, nice. Changed his name. Oh, yeah, and Tim, I hope um, Norway's going well. Yeah, let us know uh, how, how you're faring. Yeah, send us a message. We'd mm. like to hear from you. Um, okay, thanks, Kev. Uh, shall we do the county quiz? Fuck it, let's go. Okay, um, it's pretty easy this week because I'm running out of counties. So I was kind of like dodging the easy ones, but now I'm, I'm having to do them. I might have to go elsewhere for my uh, quizzes in future. But I'm going to start with Devon. Hang on, Plymouth Argyle, right? Mm-hmm. Is there one more? I'm not going to say. Exeter City. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Torquay, obviously, not in the Football League anymore, so. Oh. But yeah, okay, well done. Uh, Essex? Southend, United. Mm. And Colchester? United, yeah. United, well yeah. Nice, yeah, two. You've done it. Yeah, nice, easy one. Um, I've got two more. Um, okay. It might be a little bit harder. Uh, Buckinghamshire. Oh, Wicked Wanderers? Yep. Okay. Is there another one? There is another one. Mm, I've got a feeling it's a, it's a team that I've mentioned before, isn't it? Um, I think you said it on Oxfordshire. Did I? Really? Um, Oxfordshire. Bedfordshire. It's Luton's in Bedfordshire, isn't it? Mm. Um, I'm trying to think. What's that Buckinghamshire? A- Aylesbury... Mm. Uh, do you know what? I'm a little bit disappointed, Kevin. I thought you were going to nail this. High Wickham's in Buckinghamshire. What's this? Buckinghamshire. Buckingham. Buckingham. Um. <laughs> it's quite an obvious one, actually. Is it? Um. Oh, what the fuck? Um. You do realise there's probably fans. I say fans. There's, there's, there are one listener that's still with us. That's uh. 
shouting at the uh, mic right now. Or the oh, quite radio. possibly. I bet that's the same every week, now, isn't it? Um, <laughs> I'm going to have to press you. MK Doms. Oh, bollocks, of course. Uh, Milton Keynes, man. Milton I thought you were the fucking shit. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. yeah. I thought you were going to get that straight away. Um, and lastly, oh. East Yorkshire. Uh, Hull City, Grimsby. Grimsby is not, yeah, Grimsby is in Lincolnshire and they're out of the uh, Southern League anyway. Oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, you've done it. It's just. Oh, just Hull. 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 they call it up there. To, to Hull and back. Yeah. Mm, yeah, well done. That was an easy one. You know your Yorkshire. Ah, I do. Yorkshire tea. Yep. There you go. There you Right. Chuck. I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it. yeah, it's been a marathon. Thanks for listening, if anyone is. Um, yeah, thank you to Jamie Thorpe, Christian Moson, and, of course, Mark Walker for coming on today. Um, and, yeah, and and thank you, Kevin, for coming on today. Oh, I can't not, can I? No, I couldn't do it without you. OK, well, on that note, then, up the Saints. Up the Saints. Sports Social Podcast Network.